Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. To come into the presence of a true nyani, of a true kamal sheikh, of a true enlightened being is a great blessing. And if you have had that experience, you have to thank God on a regular basis for allowing that experience to occur to you. And you have to be thankful to the Kamal Sheikh, to the Insan Kamal, to the true human being, for being sent to include you in his presence. In order to see the truth of who you are, you have to have a mirror that shows the truth. And the Kamal Sheikh is in fact that mirror. There are a few things that you can experience by looking at the Kamal Sheikh. One, you can watch him to see what he's like and to begin begin to understand his reaction to things and how he does things. And thereafter, you can begin to see and experience what is possible for you. He is a mirror that reflects everything that comes before him. But in understanding what a mirror does, there is a secret to who and what the Kamal Sheikh is. Does a mirror turn anybody away who comes in front of it? Does a mirror judge the people who bring their selves to look into it? The mirror only reflects. The mirror doesn't judge. The mirror doesn't give dialogue, the mirror doesn't criticize, the mirror just presents reality. The sheikh is very much like the mirror. He doesn't make people come, and he doesn't make people go, and he doesn't say stop looking, and He doesn't stop reflecting. He is in a constant state of reflecting yourself 
to yourself with the intention that your true self will be seen. We are told, treat others as you would have them treat you. Let's take it the next step. Treat others as if they were you. Now, look at the mirror. When you look into it, the mirror becomes you. When you look at the sheikh, the sheikh reflects you. He becomes you. Why? Because he is that mirror. He exists in reality. He doesn't exist in illusion. So what he reflects is reality. And since he is all of everything, he reflects you as you come to him. And he reflects you as part of all of everything. Put a mirror up on a wall and have a million people pass by it. And you'll see a million different reflections. But when they're all done passing by, has the mirror changed? The mirror is still doing what it always did. It's still reflecting. And it's up to those who wish to see themselves to come in front of the mirror. Wisdom is only available to those who are wise. To others, it is a subject of conversation. It's only when you have attained wisdom that you have any kind of concept of what wisdom is. The sheikh will say, the door is open to those who come and the door is open to those who leave. We are here to give. To give what? To give reality. To give the truth. To give the essence of existence which man passes by. Which man doesn't see. Which man can't hold on to. Why? Because man is so attached to the vision of the world that has been created for him and that he has taken on as reality that he has trouble separating himself from it. I uh, 
often get asked questions and uh, get letters sent to me. And very often it's from people who've already reached adulthood who have questions about their parents. And the complaints about parents are usually something like this. They don't accept my lifestyle. They don't accept that I'm an adult. They are constantly critical. They can't leave me alone. Um, they have their own ideas about things and they can't accept any new ideas. And this becomes difficult for people, especially if they respect their parents. Um, they want to enter into dialogue with their parents and they want to be able to share what they've learned, what they've experienced with their parents. Well, in a way, this is an unrealistic uh, approach. Why? Because people cannot become what you want them to become unless they work to become that. And you can't work on their behalf. They have to want to change. And if that want, that intention, isn't there, it's not going to happen. So what alternative does that leave you with? What can you do about it? You can be a mirror. You can be quiet, love, accept, and reflect. But don't engage in controversy. Don't engage in judgment. Don't become to your parent like your parent is to you. Which is the usual thing that happens. You want to turn it around. You want them to accept what you've accepted and they want you to accept what they've accepted. Leave it alone. And love. To be able to leave it alone and love, you have to enter into a certain state of acceptance of reality without judgment. You have to be able to accept what goes on in this illusory world without having to step in and correct it. But, in order to be able to do that, you have to be able to accept this world as illusory. Otherwise, all of your instincts, through the mind and through your desire, are to change things as you see them. Now, in Sufi orders, 
in the past, there was a great deal of formalism and a great deal of uh, etiquette and rules. How to do things, how not to do things, uh, how to address each other. Um, my wife and I, for instance, a darga is a place where Sufis meet. My wife and I have our own rules. She calls me darling, and I call her darling. That's as opposed to offendi. Uh, and we try, in our speech, to be kind to each other. To be able to do this is a step towards becoming wise. It's also a step towards acceptance and non-judgmentalism. Love overcomes judgment. Love overcomes pettiness. Love overcomes the aggression that wants things to come and go in a certain way. Love overcomes the need to alter. Love can leave things alone. And if we are those who we see and have taken on the attitude that we are to treat others as if they were us, we certainly are going to leave aggression out of the equation. But if we can't do that, then aggression is left in the equation. Someone was looking to blame somebody for something. And they were calling around trying to get evidence in order to blame him. And then somebody said to him, in my understanding, we're supposed to cover the sins of our friends. We're not supposed to talk about these kinds of things. And when he repeated this story, he said, well, he obviously knows, he just doesn't want to say, and that's proof of his guilt. That's the way the mind of someone without wisdom thinks. That's the way the ignorant present themselves in the world. If you won't abide by their rules, there's something wrong with you. And their rules are different than the rules of the truth. Their rules are different than the rules of how we are supposed to interact with illusion. If what we see is illusion, why are we talking about it? If what we see is illusion, why are we judging it? If what we see is illusion, 
Why are we trying to alter it? Why are we trying to change it? What is it within us that makes things go that way? Well, whether we call ourselves Sufis or Catholics or Jews or Muslims or Hindus or atheists, either we give illusion credence or we don't. And if we give it credence, we're going to play with it. And we're going to try and alter it. And all of the qualities that go along with illusion are the qualities that are going to go along with us. The qualities of destruction. The qualities of arrogance. The qualities of dissipation. The qualities of anger. All of these things are going to go along with us when we go along with illusion. Look at the way illusion works. Illusion is made up of elemental forces, which all eventually disappear. Earth, air, fire, and water. Earthquakes, floods, tornadoes. Mass eruptions. Volcanic decay. All kinds of elemental eruptions. Elements seem real. Elements fade away in the same way that bodies fade away. They disappear and dissipate. But, because of our senses and our ability to perceive through senses, we consider things real and we act as if they are real. We are threatened by things and we love things. One of the interesting things about love is when you put out love and you don't receive love back, it becomes threatening. And people feel like they have to do something about that. And love, what was called love, quickly turns to something other than that, like hate. How about all of the domestic abuse that goes on in this world? How about all of the love uh, murders that go on? in this world. How about all these bizarre reactions to what people at one time called love? Being able to hold others inside of yourself the same as you hold yourself is a solution to these problems. But can you do it? If someone comes into your midst who 
is less than clean, less than odor-free, less than sanguine in their actions. To what extent does that offend you? And how long can you put up with it? We were having a meeting uh, with a group of people and we were sitting at a table in a public place and there was about ten people there and we were talking about acceptance and then somebody walked up to the table with torn clothes who hadn't bathed in a long time and sat down And the question for the table was, how are you going to react? What are you going to do? And I was taken to see that most of the people had understood what we were talking about and then reacted appropriately. They didn't say anything. They didn't do anything. They just accepted and went on. Little did they know because of their actions, this person would be involved with them for a long time, but that's what happens. And that's where your grace is. Your ability to take what's given to you. Your ability to take on what's thrown in your path and treat all of it no differently than you treat everything else. When we watched our teacher and we watched the people that walked in front of him of different temperaments, of different ideals, different thought patterns, What did we see? We saw lots of different people come, but we only saw one sheikh. And we saw a consistency in his demeanor, a consistency in his reaction. Nothing threw him for a loop. What throws us us off our center? How much does it take to throw us off our center? Can we reach a state of peace and serenity in the midst of chaos? Do we see chaos as chaos, or do we just see it as the natural, elemental interaction that causes destruction? It's only when people can begin to take other people into themselves as themselves that the destruction 
is going to stop. Because unless you can do that, then there's always a me and a you. And the me and you is going to run into trouble. I uh, wrote a letter to my sheikh when I was young, about 29. And uh, I said, the person that I work with is mean. Uh, I don't like him. And I don't like him for good reason. He's condescending. He acts as if nobody knows anything but him. And Bawa answered me at the state that I was in. And he said, in the world of illusion, when there's more than one person, there's politics. And politics leads to dissension. And dissension leads to difficulty. And this difficulty does away with your peace. He said, open your own business and do away with this need for the politics. Allah will protect you. So I was a lawyer. And I opened up my own law office. I left. Now, I had lots of bills at the time. Uh, We had just bought a house. I had no money. And this was quite a leap of faith. But, because I had faith in my sheikh, I did it without fear. I did it without trepidation. I did it without worrying about it. I just did it. And things, thank God, worked themselves out rather quickly. Um, I knew the owner of the building that I wanted to get an office in. I went to see him. And he was an older man. uh, Kind of nature. And I said, I need an office, and uh, do you have some space? He said, well, I have an office, and there's no rent for the first six months. And in six months, you'll come back and see me and tell me how you're doing, and then we'll decide how much to charge you. Now, I had nothing to do with that, but it certainly made the beginnings easier. Allah can do anything, and Allah can create situations that are easier for you, especially when you have the guidance of a jnana guru, of an insan kamal, of a wise teacher who sees beyond illusion. So, can we understand that everything we see is part of us? Everything we touch 
is part of us. Halaj, Mansur al-Halaj, the great Sufi, said, Anil-Haq, I am reality. Can you accept that you are reality? Or are you so distant <clears throat> from being non-judgmental that you can't? Are you so distant from having to create your own being and considering it important that you can't? Is your ego so strong that it needs to have an I and thou relationship with everything that it sees that you can't? Are you beyond merging because of your need to exist? Are you beyond merging because of your need to resist? Your need to create opposites. Your need to create me and you. Can the me and you disappear and just become part of everything? These are not simple concepts. And these are not concepts for everybody. Bowers said that as people become older, they turn into concrete. When they're younger, you can fire them like you would with steel, and you can shape them. But when they get older, they become concrete. And what happens to concrete when you try to change its form? It shatters. It can't accept change. And we're not asking for a little bit of change here. We're asking for a radical transformation from everything that you've been told since you were a child by people who have no concept of reality. And even the ones who have religion and who have faith in God don't necessarily have a concept of reality. They have a concept of religion. They have a concept of laws, but they don't have a concept of reality. That's why there's a difference between a Muslim and a Mumin. That's why there's a difference between one who adheres to the laws and one who goes beyond the laws to where the laws are no longer applicable because you're no longer part of the so-called reality that needs laws. Everything is now part of you. So there's not it's not necessary anymore for the laws between you and everybody else. If you are everybody else, what laws are necessary? If you are all that exists, what laws are necessary? If you are a mirror and you just reflect, what laws are necessary? We should consider these things. We should look at our state. And we should decide where it is we want to go, what it is we want to do, and what we want to give our allegiance to.
I've spoken to many bright people who I have explained Hak to, who I've explained reality to, who I've talked with them or shown them books that tell what happens when you enter this state. And their response is almost always. I like the life I have. And to go into this life, I have to give up too many of the things that I'm accustomed to. Karma beats reality. Paper covers stone. (laughs) It's a simple game. And either karma wins or reality wins. Either desire wins or reality wins. Either anger wins or reality wins. Where do we make our stand? And when do we make our stand? Somewhere, we have to become real. Somewhere, we have to give up illusion. Somehow, we have to become peaceful. We have to become sanguine. We have to become without motive so that Allah's motive runs through us. Somehow, this has to become our existence. But the whole world is screaming at you, Don't give me up! Don't give me up! You'll ruin your life! I'm everything that you have! And look at what you've accumulated. You have your titles. You have your position. You have your wife. You have your husband. You have your home. You have all these things you've worked your whole life for. Don't give them up. For what? Something you can't see? Ignorance doesn't know wisdom. Ignorance doesn't know the truth. And ignorance is death. Those who love what they have can't hear about reality. Those who are entranced by desire can't hear about reality. And in truth is, That everything that you love in illusion is what will destroy your reality. We have to exchange our love of illusion for the love of Allah. We have to exchange our love of things that we can see, hear, touch, smell, and see for the things that we can't see, touch, hear, 
or smell or taste. We have to begin to believe in the unseen. And that has to become the most important thing in our life. Because in time, that's all that there's going to be. Because this body of senses is doomed from the time of its creation. It was doomed. The question is, can you somehow give up this body of the senses for the truth that is known through the heart? Can you bypass the mind for that part of you that knows the truth? Can you bypass desire for that part of you that knows the truth? Can you bypass everything and just be the part of you that knows the truth? La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. Nothing exists but God. There is nothing but God. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. When will that transition come? When will I take the burden of the world off of my shoulders? When will I stop paying obeisance to the gods of Babel and turn towards the true Lord? When will I stop paying obeisance to the world and pay obeisance to God? When will I disappear? When will I die to the world and come alive in Allah? We must ask ourselves these questions. And we must look at the ones who've done this and we must become like them. May it happen for each of us. Amin, amin. Ya Rabbi Lalameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh.